Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome in Monday, December 11th, 2023. It's time for the Gabe Coon Show. I am your host. Former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman Gabe Kuhn on X at G underscore Kuhn 71. I'm alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Kuhn show. That'd be Connor Dunning on X at C Dunning 929. Connor, how was your weekend? Great weekend. Good to hear. Tremendous weekend. Yes. Why was it so tremendous? I know. Movie watching. I know that that was at an all-time high. Well, not all-time high with you, but. I mean, it's up there. The Boy and the Heron last night at 10 p.m. was excellent. Excellent film. Did you I get ran some in... good rest, by the way? I did. Okay. I, r- I ran into your wife Friday night when I had date night with Kat. That was a really fun <laughs> Which, moment. by the way, I think it speaks to how we communicate with each other these days. Um, apparently, Connor and my wife were sitting, what, Three, four, five feet away from each other? Inches. Inches away from each other. They probably could have slapped each other in the face. They wouldn't do that. But I get one text at 8.01 p.m. from Connor Dunning saying, is your wife at Hen House? And then at 8.02, before I even got to respond to Connor, I got a uh, text from my wife saying, is Connor at Hen House? I told them both yes, but they had to... uh, they had to make sure that they confirmed with me before they said hi to each other. To be fair to both of us, my back was facing away from, like, was toward them, and her back was to me. So, like, we could only see. We, it was one of those where it was like, I'm pretty sure that's who it is, but you want to double check. But there's you. the social encounters where you don't want to get the right. get it wrong. Right. You know what I mean? Because exactly. that, that's terrifying. It was in, in, in a small, intimate place like Hen House. You want to make sure you get it right because everybody's going to notice when you're like, hey. Thing, the worst possible thing is that would be, that. you know. The wife turning around saying, hey, Connor, and it's not Connor. You know not what I Connor. mean? Like, that would be, that's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's tough. But, yeah, fantastic weekend. Beautiful. It's right up there with the waiter coming to your table and saying, enjoy your meal, and you say, you too. You know, it's right. It's like, <laughs> one. Day, that's what you don't want to happen. But, hey, y'all said hello. Hen House, was it good? I've never been. Oh, dude, tremendous. Oh, uh, Hen House is great. Hen House is very, very good. Gotta, You're telling me about a starter that they have that's just undefeated? A starter. What'd you get? What'd you order? We got crab guacamole, 
which was oh delicious. Such a sh- we got okay. a margarita flatbed uh, flatbread. Okay. And then I got a bourbon drink that was just very, very strong. Like, very strong. Um, and it was a great night. And then Saturday we did some Christmas stuff, watched The Grinch. It was great. Yeah. 10 cra- out of 10 weekend. I have to say crab guacamole. I don't know. I mean. Try it. I'd have to try it. Very I'm not going to knock it till I try it. It very sounds good. like a very interesting um, oh, and then dish, we though. and then we painted the streets of Fortnite red yes, with yeah, our dubs this weekend. Yeah, yes, Gabe Coon sure, and I yes. took I the Gabe Coon show to, to, to PS5 and just the got some dubs. Time, the first time that we've been able to do Tigers that. Tigers got some nice. dubs? Yes, Woo! Tigers, Tigers handle dubs. business. Grizzlies did not handle business on Friday, so there is a little bit of negativity. Um, but we did have Army-Navy. We had the Heisman. Plenty to get to on today's show. Two and a half hours to get to it. Two and a half hours of talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN and yours truly. We're going to pass you off at 6.30 to Jessica Benson for a pregame of the Grizzlies versus Mavs before tip-off at 7 o'clock. Mavs injury report, um, interesting. No Grant Williams, no Maxi Kleber, and no Kyrie Irving. So, theoretically, Grizzlies at home win a home game against a team that may be a little bit shorthanded and trending in the wrong direction, but we'll see how that all, all goes, and we'll talk about it on the show today. Uh, but as far as guests are concerned, Jeff Calkins at 5 o'clock from the Daily Memphian and Jeff Calkins Show. And <laughs> Jeff, and we'll talk about this as well, Joshua Holloway and the John Morant thing. John Morant took the stand today. T. Morant took the stand today. I think Devontae Pack as well. But Jets where Jeff's been all day. And I hate to say it, Connor, it's just hilarious to see some of the cross-examining going on. We're learning how to check to, to do a check ball. And they were doing chess passes. You, I, my, my familiarity with check ball is usually it's a bounce pass. But either way, they were doing chess passes. They were talking about how the, the fight started. It's, it is quite ridiculous. But we'll talk about that uh, here in the first hour, bottom of this hour. Um, 6 o'clock, Harold Grader, the Associate Executive Director of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. We'll talk about coaching carousel, transfer portal, whole nine yards before we get you out for Grizzlies versus Mavs. Of course, trip around the NFL at 5.30, small talk at 5.50. Now that I've laid out the show, Tiger Basketball. Seven and two with a win over number twenty-one Texas A&M on the road. I mean, unbelievable! And this is without Jordan Brown. We uh, we're still waiting for a status on Jordan Brown. If you heard Penny after the game, Penny said uh, he, he was laughing about it. Now the tone should tell you just about everything you need to know. He was laughing about it, and he said, as far as I I know, he's still sick. He's still ill. We did get the news from Bluff City Media on Friday that it looks like he will not be playing in a Tigers uniform for the rest of the year. We're still awaiting an answer from Jordan Brown, his associates, the people around him. But this was without Jordan Brown and with Malcolm Dandridge fouling out of the game. And the reason they got over top is because two guys in that starting lineup showed up in just the, the most massive possible way. David Jones, every single night out, you don't have to worry about what he's going to give you. You don't. I mean, I guess he could be inefficient, but Penny mentioned as much. He knows what he can, uh, who he can trust in these moments. And David Jones is at the top of that list. 29 points, 7 rebounds. He had 21 in the first half, 5 for 9 from 3, um, which, I mean, you just look at his 3-point shooting so far this year, 40% from 3. That's something I did not expect to see after David Jones last year with St. John's was a 29% 3-point shooter. And then Javon Quinterly, I guess there's a formula to when we know he's going to go off. If he is on the road playing an SEC opponent, it shouldn't be a surprise he was at Alabama the past couple of years. But if he is on the road in a tough environment in the SEC, 
he tends to perform at the at the peak of his ability. 24 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, 8 for 13 from the field, only one turnover. Um, you get those type of performances from those two top dogs, I, I, I think you win games just about against whoever you play um, this year, if you're, if you're the Memphis Tigers. Um, Caleb Mills with 13 off the bench, he was solid. Um, but they still, there's still a clear issue with the front court depth and everything else. But they have the bodies and the, the, the type of offensive production, the ability to produce offensively. I think they can weather the storm and figure it out in the meantime. Um, I, Naquan Tomlin, we'll talk about that in a second. He's on campus at the University of Memphis, potentially could be on the team at some point this year. Uh, but that front court is still still down. But when you look at these guys and what they can do creating offensively, they definitely have enough to make things happen. Absolutely. Yesterday was a very impressive win by Penny Hardaway's Memphis Tigers because it was certainly the, the grittiest win of the season. You know, I think one of the things that jumps off the page to me and jumped off the page, or I guess off the screen last night when I was watching the game, was they won the rebounding battle. Yep. You know, heading into it, you know, we, we've been talking about that front court depth. Malcolm Dangers was in foul trouble. He had seven rebounds in the 12 minutes that he played. He was tremendous when he actually was in there and able to play. But they really worked on crash, cla- or crashing the glass as a team. It was great to see. It's what it's exactly what you wanted. And then I thought the biggest thing of the game, yes, David Jones was phenomenal on the offensive end. Javon Quinterly was a captain out there. He did everything that you needed him to do. He ran the ship great. Hit a couple big threes down yep. the stretch. So did Caleb Mills, man. A couple of those yep. threes that he hit down the stretch, whoo, they were big time. The defense, though, yep. just smothered, smothered there Texas was one. There was one sequence where the Tigers had three turnover, got three Incredible. turnovers in a row yeah. and turned them into baskets on the other yep. end. Easy baskets around the rim. That's what you need to do against teams like that. You need to bother them. You know they're they going to get second, chaos. You know they're going to get second chance opportunities. Yep. So don't allow them to get a first chance. How about that? Right. Take the ball out of their hands immediately. They ended up with eight steals. Um, but at the same time, um, when you just sort of look at, at, at uh, the points off turnovers, they ended up with fourteen off those eight steals. It was it was a good job on the defensive end. Uh, now down the stretch, I still want to see this team in games where they have leads. Hold them a little better at the end of games. Um, they don't execute the best um, when they have those leads. But again, eighty-one seventy-five on the road against the number twenty-one team in the country. You take that every single day of the week. Now, what did that equal? You ask in the AP top twenty-five. This is a seven and two team with three wins over top fifty Ken Palm teams. Three wins: Michigan, Arkansas, and now A and M. What did it equal? They're 30th. They're 5th in others receiving votes. 56 votes in the top 25. (sighs) Listen, I'm not going to do, like, the the poll attacks, it's so easy to attack the polls. Um, When you just look at their resume, it shouldn't even be particularly close. I know some people will say it doesn't matter if they're in the top 25 right now. Let's see once we get to conference play, once they get through the out-of-conference portion of their schedule, where they stand. But Texas and Miami being over um, the Tigers. Texas, uh, of course, at 19, Miami at 24. Those two teams, um, they don't have any good wins, right? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Texas's best win is Louisville, who's number 176 in Ken Palm. Miami's best win is Kansas State, number 46 in Ken Palm. And Memphis has three wins against top 50 Ken Palm teams and uh, Michigan, Arkansas, and Texas A&M. Like, just by the metrics, by everything 
By common sense, this Tiger team should be in the top 25, but they're not. And you, you come to the realization, like we all have, that this team gets a lot held against them because of past results, whether it was a past regime and Tubby Smith and Josh Pastner, or it was past results in the Penny Hardaway era. This team does not get the benefit of the doubt when they should. When you look at this team and how they're performing night to night and the players that are on this team, David Jones is a pro. I don't care who you ask. <laughs> he is a pro. He will be playing in the NBA at some point. A guy like Javon Quinterly has been around the block several times. He's a double-digit scorer. He's a great assist man. He sets up everything. I think they've done a good job coaching this team, bringing this team along, even though it's a lot of different misfit pieces that have never played together. They're playing at a top 25 level. They're playing at the elite of elite levels in college basketball in the early going. You'd be hard-pressed to find a team with three wins that measure up to A&M, Michigan, and Arkansas. Two top 25 wins along the way, yet this team is still on the outside looking in. It has to do with, one, I think AP voters not wanting to come off of their projection in the preseason, where they thought this team was going to be. But I think even bigger than that, I think the whole drama conversation and the past of the Penny Hardaway era where the expectation did not, or the reality did not meet expectation, I think that gets held against them. But it is just frustrating because it makes absolutely no sense at this point to leave this team out. Every metric they have should tell you they're a top 25 team. The losses they have aren't that bad, by the way. Like in the grand scheme of things, Villanova just handled business against a UCLA team that's pretty solid this year. I know they're 7-4 and four and they've taken a couple bad losses, but Villanova's an okay team. They just had some tough results along the way. Ole Miss is still undefeated. There comes a point where you just start to realize if the Tigers lose, they get penalized more than 99.9% of the country, regardless of who they lose to. So if I'm, if I'm just sending a message to the AP Top 25 voters, it's pay attention. Be real with yourself. This coach, this team, these players, they've earned a top 25 nod at this point, and it's a shame they're not in it. Yeah, no notes. Absolutely no notes. It's, it's quite ridiculous that the Tigers aren't a top 25 team. And you even talk about how you know, their pass is being held against them, which I don't, I, don't, I don't disagree with you saying that. But can we also be honest about the, their past few seasons? They've been successful. Yep. They've, they're winning. They're, they're winning basketball. Team. They're tournament team. Go look at Penny Hardaway's resume. Go look at his win percentage. At what point does he have to continue to prove this thing to the AP voters? He's proven it. Penny Hardaway is a very good basketball coach. Very good. University of Memphis is thrilled to have him. It's worked out great. And this team is doing exactly what Penny Hardaway wanted them to do. His scheduling is working. It's working. And to your point. It's um, quite ridiculous that they're like, oh, we got to wait for Penny's team to prove it. Why? Because they made the tournament the last few seasons. They have proven it. They won the conference last year. To your point, though, What's going on? To your point, Connor. Against Power 5 opponents the last two years, you know what their record is? 10-2. and two. Do you know what their record is the last two years in general under Penny Hardaway? 46-14. and 14. Pretty good. Pretty there good. There comes a point where you have to put all that nonsense in the past and realize what's on the table right this second. And that's a top 25 basketball team with three really good wins in the early going that's 7-2. and two. 
that's pacing this out-of-conference schedule, I think, better than we thought. Yeah, you thought you'd win that Ole Miss game, but who thought that they were going to go into A&M and win that game by six? Who thought they were going to beat Arkansas in the Bahamas? Who thought they were going to be able to get over top of Michigan the way they did? So, like, (laughs) you came into this year wondering how they were going to deal with their out-of-conference schedule. They've dealt with it very well in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And they're still not getting credit for it for whatever reason. It may be a Memphis thing. It may be a Penny Hardaway thing. But they need to drop it. It, it needs to be dropped. This is this has gone on long enough. And I know the season's still young. And we're only talking about nine games into it. And we haven't even reached conference schedule, the conference slate yet. But they need to drop this. Whatever is holding them back from everyone putting them in the top 25. Every do- AP voter. They need to drop whatever sort of thought process they have because it's not a sound one. I just... I cannot believe that there are 25 teams out there that are better than than, than the Memphis Tigers. There isn't. There isn't. <laughs> there isn't. They're just... It's, you want to tell me there's 20? Hard. Fine. But they should be in the top 25. And I think, again, <laughs> like we talked about it a little bit on Friday when we were reacting to the Jordan Brown news, like part of the reason uh, some of these voters may have um, to sort of keep them out of the top 25 is the drama and, oh, you know, how's this all going to age? Will they have injuries? It doesn't matter. Look at their Look at their resume right now. They're more than deserving. Well, you know, I think one of the things that the Texas A&M game showed me was that they have the ability to win in different ways. You know, this was a gritty game where they played small ball and they let the defense just steer the entire ship. They smothered them. Like, that was the thing. They they may not have had the size, but they certainly had the length. You know what I mean? Like, they were able to just mess with Texas A&M and they were forcing them into so many bad three-pointers. Well, they held them under 40% from the field and held them to 18% from three, six for 33 that's what that's all they could do. get. There was a stretch where all they could get was a three-pointer. Which is and they kept slapping it, it back it, out, it, which is yes, you know. Yes. <laughs> but you know, they were playing There's great still defense. There's going to be issues with right. with teams But that's where the reinforcement glass. may help. Um you hope. But they need a reinforcement. I think there's no question about it. Like Malcolm Dandridge, I I, I give him a lot of credit for what he's able to do out there. Um but uh, 12 minutes, 5 fouls, the 7 rebounds were nice when he got them. But they need more in the front court, and yeah. I don't think anyone would doubt that. I mean, you thought Jordan Brown would be that guy. It looks like he may not play another uh, a minute for the Tigers, so they're thinking about Naquan Tomlin. And Naquan Tomlin, Kansas State, got into a bar fight. President, we've already talked about it. AD president wanted him off the team. Uh, Jerome Tang and the staff wanted to keep him uh, on the team, and they had the disagreement, so now he's out of Kansas State, and he's trying to find a new spot. He'll be immediately eligible. Um He's a senior, actually, uh, because he was a JUCO guy for a couple years, went to a couple different schools before he ended up at Kansas State. Um, and part of me really wants this to happen because I think from a fit perspective, it's perfect. Naquan Tomlin, 10 points last year, around six rebounds per game. But contrary to the Jordan Brown fit, he likes to get up and down the floor and run as a front court member. He likes to get up and down, use athleticism. He's in good shape. Uh, theoretically, we'll see how his shape is, being the fa- being that he has not played a game so far this year. Um, but Naquan Tomlin would be a perfect fit on this team, and uh, I immediately return back to the ceiling and floor uh, that I thought they were going to be at when I thought Jordan Brown was going to be what he was last year, a 16-10 guy. Uh, but Naquan Tomlin fits this team a whole lot better, and I, I do sort of – and obviously I know you get a little revisionist history and you you, you sort of second-guess things and you, you, you may have hindsight that's twenty twenty. 
But thinking back on the Jordan Brown addition and what he could have meant to this team, it never was a perfect fit ultimately. Because I don't know if Penny's ever had that back-to-the-basket, grind-it-out, slow-the-game-down, possession-by-possession big that has had a bunch of success here. Like, that, Jordan Brown is a guy, even when he's at his peak, uh, uh, as far as uh, conditioning is concerned, he's never a guy who's going to get up and down the floor consistently like Naquan Tomlin. Yeah, I think it just turned out that this Tigers team ran a little bit more, you know, and yeah, the fit just wasn't there, unfortunately, for Jordan Brown. Wish him the best, but it actually, you know, moving forward, it just may be best that he's not on the team. You know, like we talked about it Friday. If there's somebody there that may not want to put in the work or, or be there fully, I hope that he's okay. And he's, he, you know, yeah. it, it, I'm assuming that he's probably not going to play again for the Tigers. It, I'm not sure if he's actually sick. If he is, I hope he's okay. But it seems like, you know, the based writing's on, on the, the wall. Based- Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. On the sickness. Okay, so based on the way Penny Hardaway answered the question about Jordan Brown after the game with a little chuckle and saying, as far as I know, he's still sick. Listen, he may have gotten sick and then it gave him some time to think. Maybe, yes. <laughs> maybe that's what we're going with. What I'm saying, though, is sometimes when you don't have somebody in the locker room that may not be giving 100% effort, it can help. It can yes. lift things. And we may have seen that against Texas A&M, the effort that this team was giving, especially on the defensive end, some of the opportunities some of the other guys got by getting more minutes. You know, Nick Jordan continues to just be extremely impressive for this team. But I think that Tomlin would slide in, and like you said, he likes to run the floor more. He dunks the ball a whole bunch. He led Kansas State in dunks when he was there. He's a very good defender. He gets a block and yep. a steal a game. He led the team in blocks when he was at Kansas State. He seems like he's going to be able to do the dirty work, which is kind of what you need him to do. You need a center that's going to do the dirty work, because you got the scores. Javon Quinterly, Caleb Mills, Javon Walton, and David Jones, they can take care of the scoring. You need somebody that's going to play good defense. He's going to set screens, and he's going to get, he's get those get up rebounds. And down the floor. He's going to get up and down. That's what you need. That's what you need. I think Penny, I wonder how much he's learned through this process with Jordan Brown about, okay, maybe you have a good player that you're recruiting. You want to bring in that good player. But at the same time, you do need to find somebody who fits your style. And Jordan Brown's, it was never really the guy that fit uh, the, this team's style in particular. Now, here's the good news about the, the Tigers' schedule from here on out in the out-of-conference. All home games. Yeah. <laughs> they earned God. it. Earned it. <laughs> 
they they got they got through that really tough portion of their schedule seven and two, and now you have Clemson, Virginia, Vandy, and Austin P at home before you get in the conference slate. They need home games, um, and it was great to see them cap off their their away portion of their out of conference schedule with a win against the number twenty one team in the country. It's just it's it's foolish though that they're still out of the top twenty five. Yeah, foolish. it makes no sense. It, to be quite honest, it makes no sense. Yeah. Now, um, also in college basketball, we did have the return of uh, of. Uh, well, the debut, I guess I should say, um, of Bronny James. That was soiled, wasn't it? Yeah. Yikes. Long Beach State goes on the road to beat USC in overtime, 84-79. to Now, I think Bronny was fine when he was in there. Like, he's not playing some massive role for them by any stretch of the imagination. Four points, three rebounds, two assists, one for three from the field, one for three from three. Um, he had the two steals. I mean, and he he definitely plays hard on the defensive end. He can give them some good minutes. Um, but that was not the type of game I think he was expecting to be a part of in his in his debut in college. It looked like LeBron was there and enjoyed it. And he said, I think he put an Instagram post out. There's going to be wins. There's going to be losses. But I'm proud of you for getting back on the floor after basically what happened this offseason with the cardiac arrest and everything. It was good to see him out there. But that was not the... Uh, that was not the the end result they envisioned when Bronny hit the floor. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think that US, USC expected to be five and four right now. You know, at this point in the season, they're a really talented basketball team that are going through some struggles right now. Boogie Ellis was just he didn't really have it in that game. I watched some of it when I could because, of course, I wanted to see Bronny do his thing. It was cool to see him get that block, the chase down block. Certainly looked like yep. his dad. That was interesting. Um, but yeah, he's Bronny is a defense first type of guard, defense first, and he can run an offense. But he's not going to be a big time scorer. So the game, honestly, it was kind of expected. I thought he looked pretty good. I'm just happy to see him out there. Yes, no question about that. That USC team has no excuses for where they're at no, right now, though. No, Five and tough. four not with good. the amount of talent they have. Can they get it all together? Sure. I think Andy Enfield will figure it out at some point. But well, like, five and their four, losses are just... and their losses against Long Beach State. Um, Gonzaga's fine. Oklahoma's relatively fine. But then before that, UC Irvine. UC Irvine and Long Beach State as losses at 5-4. and four. Not good. For a team that should be at the top of the Pac-12, there yes. should be no real excuse. Well, they should be to Oklahoma, too, to be honest. Yeah, I know. But at the same time, Oklahoma at least is a solid Power 5 team. Whereas Long Beach State and UC Irvine, not so much. There, 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 there should be no excuse for this team being 5-4, and four, but we'll see if they can turn it around, and we'll see if Bronny starts to get a little bit more run, um, being that he's finally back. But 84-79, to 79, Long Beach State got over top. Now, we did also uh, have the Army-Navy game this weekend. That was nice. That was nice to see. America, shout-out America. Everyone wins 17-11. to 11. Army gets over top, and Navy was so close, 17-9. to 9. And they decided to do a tush push on fourth and goal from the one and a half. It was a little too far out, in my opinion, to go for the old the old quarterback sneak and tush push. But it led to Army being on the one yard line. And for most for for most people, it didn't matter what happened after that. But for guys like me who do bet on these games, who do look at over under and point totals, the total was twenty seven and a half. It was seventeen to nine. One second left. Army takes a snap on their own one. And they decide to take a safety to go in the game. And we get to the over. 17 to 11. 28 points. You win by the hook. That was a beautiful, that was a beautiful win for me this Did weekend. you have the over? Oh, of course oh, I did. Excellent. I had, I had, excellent. I had, I had a nice little uh, cooked up parlay. Ar- Army and then over. 27 and a half. I didn't think I was going to get it. I actually turned off the game, walked away. 
and then just went and checked scores. I saw the 11, and I said, oh, wow, they took a safety in the, to end the game. I let out an audible uh, yell and almost got kicked out of my own house. So that's how that went. That was nice. The wife does not like, uh, does not like the, the loud cheering in the house, especially for w- one bets. But, um, but it's investments for the two of you. Now, yes. Yes, for sure. Yeah. We'll stick by that. <laughs> Christmas, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Money for of, Christmas presents. Yeah, Christmas present money. Um, but Army, for those that are wondering if they're going to be eligible for a bowl game, if they got the bowl eligibility, no. They, they have two wins against 1AA opponents, only four wins against D1 FBS, so they're going to be left out. And, of course, Navy out with five and seven. So there is that. But that's always fun. And then we had the Heisman. Right after that in the ceremony, and there should be no surprise. Um, but I, it, it was weird to see people acting surprised about it, in my opinion. We had Jaden Daniels get over top and go win the Heisman. He's the third winner in the history of LSU's program. The most recent one was Joe Burrow. Now he wins in 2023. Um, but the voting was, was quite interesting, in my opinion. Um, Jaden Daniels got 503 first place votes, 217 second place votes, 86 third total points, 2029. And quite frankly, Michael Penix Jr. being in second over Bo Nix did surprise me at least a tad bit. Statistically, Bo Nix was better this year, but I guess the two wins that Michael Penix Jr. had against him head to head got him over top. He had 292 first place votes, 341 second place votes, 143 third place votes, 1,701. So he was not far behind. But then from there, Bo Nix, Marvin Harrison Jr., Jordan Travis. That finished out the top five. I was glad to see, while I don't necessarily think statistically he should have been all the way up there, I was glad to see the nod that the Heisman voters gave to Jordan Travis. They gave him some credit. 13-0 ACC champion where the, where the college football playoff didn't, they gave him credit. And, and truthfully, if you're just sort of reading through the lines and, and sort of the narratives that have been created about Florida State being left out, if Jordan Travis is good enough to where if he's hurt, he gets his team left out of the college football playoff, he should be good enough to be a top-five Heisman finalist and finisher, and he was that. And then past that, it's kind of interesting. Jalen Milrow, Ollie Gordon, Cody Schrader from Mizzou, who finished uh, – at the end of the year, the leading rusher in the SEC, shout-out to him. Shout-out to Truman State as well, where he came from, where he transferred Mizzou from. Blake Corum and then J.J. McCarthy rounded out 9 and 10. Don't really get the Blake Corum thing, but, hey, it is what it is. Jalen Milrow, though, um, when we look at this list, Jane Daniels done with college, Michael Penix Jr. done with college, Bo Nix done with college, Marvin Harrison Jr. done with college, Jordan Travis, same thing, Jalen Milrow, was first of guys that will be returning next year. So I have to say my antennas are up, my eyes are open when it comes to Jalen Milrow in this Heisman race next year. He's going to likely be the favorite, and we're just going to have to accept that. And, and to think about the far cry this result is from where he was game three against South Florida on the bench having to lift up Tyler Bookner and Ty Simpson. Jalen Milrow turned this whole thing around. And he deserves a lot of credit for that. And going into next year, he's definitely going to be right up there, top two, top three favorite. Um, And then also, uh, the other thing that just jumps off the page every single year for me at this point, we've had, you know, Kyler Murray, who was a transfer win. We've had Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow. Like, just keep keep going through the list. Everybody who, who, I mean, every single Heisman, it feels like, as of late, 
um, winner and guys that finish in the top five, it feels like just about all of them have, have transferred. But the top three finishers were all transfers. And that's just going to continue to be the trend, especially when you look at what's out there on the transfer market as far as quarterbacks are concerned, because largely this is a quarterback award. Riley Leonard, Dylan Gabriel, Will Howard, Cam Ward, DJU, Kyle, Kyle McCord, Will Rogers, Tyler Van Dyke, Grayson McCall. I mean, the, the, the likelihood of you talking about the Heisman and the Heisman going to a transfer quarterback in this day and age, the likelihood is so high. It is so high at this point. So we'll see if, if we get it from, from this group of guys I just sort of, sort of mentioned. But the Heisman ceremony was fun. Jane Daniels did a little uh, – I saw he did a little Canes commercial right after. I didn't I – don't, that's the day and age of NIL we, good we for live him. in. Um, but good for Jane Daniels. Uh, next for him, we have a bowl game. Then we'll see what happens with him as far as his uh, NFL prospects are concerned. Don't know what that's going to look like. But he certainly has shown that he has – a lot of natural ability athletically using his arm the whole nine yards. So shout out to Jaden Daniel for winning the 2023 Heisman. Now I need to go ahead and transition in today's show to a little bit of Grizzlies versus Mavs. And also, when it comes to the Grizzlies, the story of the day in this city is the fact that Ja and T. Morant had to take the stand in the Joshua Holloway case it's absolute nonsense. It's going to be fun to discuss when we come back. Or not fun, but funny to discuss when we come back. So we'll go ahead and do that next. 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show. Live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Back rolling on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. In-season tournaments in the books. First one in NBA history. And the Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis made it happen undefeated in the in-season tournament. They definitely brought the energy they won over the Pacers on Saturday night, 123-109. to I just have to say off the top, it's nuts. It's nuts. What they were able to accomplish in that game, two for 13 from three in an NBA game and winning by 14 points is unfathomable, Connor. I, I, just no prowess from the three-point line at all. They didn't even try from out there. It did show me a difference in a team that I think is built to sustain themselves in a playoff situation barring injury versus a team that's up and coming and has to learn how to have an edge about them. Pacers don't have an edge in the paint. Uh, they, they don't rebound all that well. They don't block shots. They don't do all those things. They are a very high-powered offensive team, but that only gets you so far. When you need to sit down and defend, they're not quite there yet. Lakers are definitely ready to do that, though. Um, Anthony Davis in that game was phenomenal. 41 points, 20 rebounds, 20, uh, count them, and then five assists with four blocks. LeBron James, 24 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, two steals. Uh, they were all over the place except for around the three-point line. They were just not shooting them. Um, But they took it to them the entire game. Um, Now, my thoughts as far as the in-season tournament are concerned, I've said it on several occasions, and I think it's a success. When you look at TV ratings, the engagement that you have before Christmas, it is a win for the NBA. Now, on the other hand, when it comes to celebration and what it actually means, clearly doesn't mean all that much. 
All the Lakers were ready to go home. LeBron James was in there popping champagne bottles with his goggles on. It just didn't seem like it meant all that much to go win the in-season tournament. But it is a it is a fun little quirk to the schedule that definitely gets people engaged a little bit more with the players on the floor and with the game in the regular season before we get to Christmas, before we get done with the football season. Yeah, you know, I think it was absolutely a success across the board. Yeah, is it a little silly that, you know, they were popping champagne and holding up trophies and stuff in the middle of a season? Sure, but hey, they want it, so they get to do it. If the Grizzlies want it, we'd be doing the same thing, and we'd be really excited about it. It was an impressive, you know, tournament by the Los Angeles Lakers, and I think that they certainly showed that as they've gotten healthy, their defense is something serious and to be taken seriously, and it is what drives their whole team. And if they can sustain this level of play heading into the playoffs, they're going to be somebody that you have to deal with. I still think that the Nuggets are probably ahead of them in the West, but, you know, they're in the mix. Now, I'm not going to argue results of the in-season tournament. Again, TV ratings, people getting more engaged online and everything else, people seeing who Tyrese Halliburton is for the first time, really. yeah. Seemingly, like that's all fun. I do think I need a larger sample size of this caring year to year because year one, people want to see how it looks. They're going to tune in. Uh, It's just sort of a natural reaction to something new in a league that we follow constantly. But there is part of this where I want to see how gimmicky it is year to year. It feels relatively gimmicky, but I think the, 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 if it stands here for a while and we see teams care year after year after year, we see fans get engaged, we see the TV ratings be consistent, then I'll stop worrying about the gimmick of it at all. Are people going to care if LeBron and the Lakers aren't in it? Yes. That's it. That's, they, that's the question that has, has to be answered next season. The Lakers might be in it. Next if this season, would have been Pacers versus Pelicans, are people really right. giving a damn exactly. about the exactly. in-season tournament How championship? I am under the belief that LeBron's commitment to this in-season tournament has been a big deal. It has made people care about it. It has made haters watch it, make fun of it, because even if you're making fun of it, you're still watching it. That's a success for the NBA, you know what I mean? So I think that the Lakers' commitment to the in-season tournament mattered, but also having a rising superstar and a fun team like the Pacers absolutely mattered. You know what I mean? It's just, if it did end up being the Bucks and Pelicans, do, do people care as much? I just don't yeah. know. It's it's Anytime the Lakers are involved in LeBron, we know LeBron and the star power he has, and just the Lakers in general, the longstanding uh, success they've had since they've been in L.A., that's always going to hold weight. I feel like anybody who plays them, there's always that old guard, new guard conversation to have. That, sure. that storyline to yeah. follow. If that's not there... Sort of where are we at? But we'll see how it ages going into next year and going into the future. Now the Grizzlies on Friday, I was in the I was in the building. Not fun, not fun. And, and honestly, I'll give the Grizzlies credit they they hung in there for a while, but then the second half hit, and it just you could tell there's just a distinct difference between the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies at this point in time. And it wasn't like that a couple years ago when the Grizzlies were winning an opening round series against them. And it's it's kind of sad to think about. But at the same time, Ja's going to be back here relatively soon. We'll get to that. His his run-in with uh, uh, the, the Joshua Holloway case today uh, in just a second. But 127-103, um, really what it came down to ultimately is if you lose a rebounding battle 54-28, to you're going to get blown out. No matter how well you shoot the three, they shot the three relatively well. 15 for 35, 43% from three. They knocked down a few. 
But when you just get manhandled on the inside, offensive boards, defensive boards, you're not going to come close. And I, I want to give uh, a props, but also uh, a little bit of reality when it comes to Jaron Jackson Jr. I thought through the first half, Jaron Jackson Jr. was very solid on the offensive end. Uh, I think he had 14 points in the first half. He finished with 21. He was 3 for 4 from 3. He was knocking down his his outside shots. But, man, two rebounds in a game where you know you have to buck up against the likes of Rudy Gobert, that's not good enough. It's just not. Um, and it just seemed like anything that came off the rim, Jaron was going to struggle to go handle. Now, I know Rudy Gobert is the best at what he does in the NBA, um, defense, rebounding, all the dirty work. But at the same time, Jaron Jackson Jr. has to grow up in that department. He has to. If he wants to be the player that we all expect him to be here in a few years, he's going to have to find a way to compete against bigs like Rudy Gobert night to night. And he's not there yet. Yeah, you know, even if it's not getting the boards himself, he's going to make it difficult. And that's I mean, Friday night was a matchup nightmare for the Grizzlies, especially with the injuries that they have right now. And we expected a physical basketball game. And, man, the Timberwolves are a physical They brought team. the physicality they bring the Grizzlies. It, they hit you in the mouth. They hit you in the mouth. It's constant. A constant body banging down there. The, the Grizzlies, without Steven Adams, without Brandon Clark, it feels like 75% of the physicality that they have brought the past two years when they were number two in the West, when they were winning 50 games in the regular season, it feels like 75% of that physicality is gone. Well, yeah, because especially without Dylan. Yeah, yes. that's, I mean, the, you're the three main guys that you physicality. And then Marcus physicality. Smart could help a little bit. Smart would certainly help. Yeah, Smart, Smart's the guy that he can help offset that a little bit. But yeah, not having... Not having those three guys certainly, uh, you know, makes the physicality of this team go down a little bit. But it's, you know, that's Friday was one of those games where I'm just like, the next time they play the Timberwolves, they'll look like a different roster. So I'm not sure if if we can gauge how they are against the Timberwolves right now, just because, you know, they were just they're right. so man down right now, and that's why tonight feels like an opportunity against the Mavericks because you're running into a team where their injury report certainly looks like yours. <laughs> and you're like, way, hey man, same. By the Spider-Man way, Man meme Friday definitely uh, it definitely uh, pointed out to me too. There's always going to be Grizzlies killers. There's I mean, shake. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out of market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hilton and Troy Brown Jr. Like <laughs> yeah. 20 points for Troy Brown Jr. Uh, Shake Milton was phenomenal. He had seven. And Mike's points. still looking good, too, Mike man. Mike still looks solid. Mike still looks good. It's a, it's, a, it's a different type of role he plays. He's really good from the three-point line. He's yeah. been phenomenal. Yeah. He's up over 40% this year from the three-point line. But he just, I mean, he's he's not the center of attention by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but he, he definitely sets up everything for that team. There's no question about it. Anthony Edwards, only four minutes, and he had a hit pointer. I saw him go into the... Uh, I was nervous. I texted you. I had to check on him. Yeah, I saw him go into the uh, the locker room really early in that game, but I didn't really know what it was. He didn't really have a medical staff, anybody from the medical staff following him, so I thought maybe he had to use the restroom, but it, it, it did get reported that it's a hit pointer, and they don't expect him to miss a whole bunch of time. Yeah, he probably got hit really hard, and he was like, hey, I think we're going to be okay. It was, you know. We don't need me to. Yeah. That, that's that's got the point. It. Yes. 
yeah. As long as Rudy Gobert's on the floor, I think we'll be pretty solid getting second chances. Shake Milton doing said, things around I'm up. the rim. Yeah, Shake Milton made things happen. Yeah, not it's tonight. A tough loss. To your point, yeah, this is a, this is an opportunity against a very solid Mavs team that is down a few guys: Grant Williams, Maxi Kleber, and uh, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, they were worried about him missing an extended period of time, but it looks like he avoided. That looks rough, injury. didn't yes. it? He avoided massive injury, so uh, he'll just be out for a, a, a few, uh, you know, games, maybe a couple weeks here. Uh, but this is a this is an opportunity against a thirteen and eight Mavs team at home to go get another win. And I just at this point, I am of the opinion just stack as many wins as you possibly can in these last four games. So Ja is uh, is dealing with at least a couple a couple more wins when he comes back, so they can go on a run that we think they can go on. Get yourself into the play in. Uh, and, and and go from there. I think this is still, especially at full strength, this is a play-in, play-off team. But, again, you just don't want to dig yourself even more of a hole than you already have. Yeah, you know, they should win this game tonight. You're at home against a Mavs team that's down a bunch of dudes. They still have Luka out there, but Grant Williams, Josh Green, two of their better defenders are out. Maxi Cleaver's out, which helps you with your size discussion. Kyrie's not going to be out there, so pretty much just make sure that Luca try to keep him at bay as much as you can. There's no way to really, quote-unquote, stop him, but do what you absolutely can. Throw Vince Williams Jr. at him. Let him live in his <laughs> live in his nightmares. Give him some nightmares and just hope for the best. They've got to win this. I mean, this, it's not a must-win by any means, but it's one where it would be a huge, huge pickup win if you can get a second game and against think, the Mavs. I think a little bit of a confidence builder. Yeah, for sure. A confidence especially builder for the rest of these guys. Especially when you string it with the – you know, the last two weeks, they've been looking better. Yeah, we're coming up on the end of the Jalen Noel experience, aren't we? I am curious what type of roster moves he they He was make. big time in the last Mavs game. I mean, he, he's been he's been what they've needed in this moment. I just wonder what it's going to look like when we get to the end of uh, of this 10-day and move move forward. When people start getting healthy, what's, what's the future of Jalen Noel in a Grizzlies uniform? I know there's some people out there that think it'll be malpractice if they let him walk, but at the same time, it has to do with uh, sort of a cap situation. If you drop Jake Laravia, Zaire Williams, and jo- or John Conchar, you'd have to deal with with you know cap casualties. And is Jalen Noel worth doing that for? I j- I still don't think so. But I do respect the work that he's put out there. There's no question about it. We've talked about that on several occasions. Yeah, he's been huge. He was very and he was good in, in the Timberwolves game. And you hope that he can contribute to them getting another win against the Mavericks. If he can replicate the performance he had, you know, two weeks ago. Thumbs up. That would be fantastic. It's exactly what you want to see. Like I said, right now, I totally agree with you. Just stack the wins. It doesn't matter who's in front of you. I don't care about the quality of the wins. Stack them. The more wins you can get right now before Ja comes back, the bigger the deal because, you know, the Grizzlies have had a bit of fortune go their way with how good the West is. It's cannibalizing itself a bit, so you're not out of it. So Mm -hmm. stack a win tonight. Stack a win, especially against a team like the Mavericks. It'll be a big win. Mm -hmm. Now, um, looks like Jeff Calkins is going to be out today because he is still covering the John Moran, Joshua Holloway situation. They're, they're having their day in court. They're going through how the fight started and everything else, but we already have some details about it, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and grab a break and where Jeff Calkins would normally be, we're going to talk about the two, what has transpired in court today with Ja, T. Moran, Devontae Pack, the whole nine yards when it comes to this Joshua Holloway case. You listen to the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.